Hey, welcome to the Victory Family Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I want to thank every one of you who are part of Victory as you are faithful in your tithes and your, your general giving in that sense. Uh, thank you for being Kingdom Builders. It, it, around the world, it's truly, this is an absolute truth statement. The sun never sets it somewhere on this planet. Your giving isn't literally expanding and building God's kingdom. So Kingdom Builders, thank you for making an impact. And this year we're believing God to do more than we've ever done because this world needs God's people to be God's people. Kingdom Builders, we love you. Thank you so much. We so appreciate everything you do for God. It's honored. We're so honored to get to walk beside you in reaching our world. I want to just take a moment and, of course, welcome Newcastle and Meadville and our online audience. Cranberry, come on. Would you give them a big old welcome? We love you guys. So thankful for what God's doing. One church, multiple locations. And I want to take you back into something that I started last week. And the subject is releasing angel armies. And it was born out of an experience in our Wednesday night prayer that we have just at the Cranberry campus only. But, uh, and I'll talk to you about the experience here in a minute. In case you weren't here, I need to reiterate it. But there's much that I'm not going to be able to say today that I said last week about this. So I would encourage you, if you were not able to be here or hear last week's message, to go back and and to listen or to watch it. But I want to talk to you about releasing angel armies. Now, not in just a theological sense. Well, uh, angels are interesting. Well, that's an interesting subject. I'm not here to teach subjects. That's school, and I was lousy at school. So I'm not here to do subjects. We're here to do life. And how does this relate to your everyday life? And more importantly, how does this relate to us reaching this very, very dark world and expanding God's kingdom? There are angel armies that want, God wants to release on this earth, and I want you to see the part you have in releasing them. So the first thing I want you to understand about releasing God's angel armies on this earth is simply number one this, is that angels are not obvious. Say it out loud. Angels are not obvious. Remember this. Angels are in a realm you can't see with your eyes. They're not obvious. And yet the Bible tells us some very interesting things, even in the New Testament, about angels that we may not even consider. In the book of Hebrews, the scripture tells us in chapter 13, he's commanding them to love one another and to have brotherly love one toward another. And then listen to what he says in Hebrews 13 too about angels. He said, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Imagine that, that God permits angels to actually mimic a human being in this life to test my love for people. I find it so interesting, the two things that angels do in, 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 the, in the new covenant life, we see clearly that they're, they're about make, actually testing and helping us prove out that no matter who you interact with, he said that we're to love people, no matter strangers, whether, whether you love them, don't know them, whomever, doesn't. he said, love people. And so they, were, they are literally, if you will, confirming our love in their actions with us. I'm so convinced when we get to heaven, we're going to have had so many interactions in the unseen realm with angelic beings that we have no concept of what God has done for us because you can't see these things necessarily with your eyes. But the second thing that I find interesting that angels only respond to your faith in God's word. Faith and love is what moves them, which is the new covenant. The Bible said the law no longer matters, but a faith which works by love. So the first thing I want you to understand that what I'm about to share with you is not obvious to the physical eye. 
And you can live and die and never even consider this because it's in a realm that your eyes can't behold. On August 11th, uh, we have a Wednesday night prayer meeting here only at the Cranberry campus right now. And we meet and we pray from seven to eight. I was leading that prayer meeting and we'll have it here again this Wednesday night. And, and, and while we were praying, and I, I don't have time to explain the prayer meeting, but, but come you, and you'll learn to pray. And I mean pray. We don't sit and meditate and write grocery lists. We pray. And we pray in, in our understanding and in the spirit. And I don't have time to go into that. But there's a time when we're praying that it's almost like a spirit of prayer falls upon us. And we're all just praying. And I'm leading, standing right here. I have a handheld mic and it's off. And we're just praying. And as we're praying, I sense like somebody's walked up on the platform, which is no big deal, but I'm, I'm a little or a lot ADD. Anybody got the ADDs with them? It's just me. And, and, and I'm not joking. When the worship team comes up and the, the drummer can't play, if, they, if I hear the drummer, it's like, I, I, it's like squirrel. And I, 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 it just, I can't think. And I, it just, I got, anybody got the issues? Okay, I got the, I got the issues. And so I'm just purely feeling natural about this. I'm not concerned that someone's up here. I just, it's just distracting to me because I, that's a squirrel. You know, I just, I just sort of do. And so I look over and no one's there. And I think, well, they must have, you know, went around the back. And I got my eyes closed. We're praying. And, and again, I sense that. I turned to just kind of look. I'm curious. Uh, my mind just brought me over there. He said, well, you should be more disciplined. I'm not. And so it just pulled me over there. And I'm looking and, and there's no one. It happened two or three times. And finally, I said, okay, look, uh, I'm going to just move over here and just kind of pray with my eyes open because the Bible says, watch and pray. <laughs> That's bad. I know. It's all right. It's a bad pastor joke. Okay, but it's still, still kind of good. Anyway, so it's Wednesday night. I'm minding my own business. I'm praying, standing right about over here. And I'm in this direction thinking, okay, if somebody is moving or walking around, I'll see it and then I can just, okay, go back to praying. And, and, and I've shut that down. But now I'm looking over here and the exact same thing happens. And I know that I'm standing beside someone. Now, I'm so hesitant to share these type of experiences because they do a couple things that I don't like. If, if, if you misuse them, one is they can be exaggerated. I didn't see anything and I didn't hear anything. I just knew in my heart I was standing by a being. Because any experience that you have it should fully fit and, and inspire and complete what the word of God says, not, in, not to replace it. And secondly, don't pray for such experiences as you have no scripture to do that. I didn't ask for this. I've been in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prayer meetings and it's never happened. And so I, it, 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 nothing I expected. So I'm standing here and here's what I know in my spirit. I wish I had time to explain to you what I mean by that. If you walk with God, not religion, but God, you have an intimacy with him. And the Holy Spirit can speak to your heart. And he's real. He's as real as anyone that's ever, ever existed more so. He's eternal. He's God. And I know in my heart I'm standing by an angel. I, I, angels are not physical beings, but it sense, felt to me like I was standing by an angel that was as tall as that back screen, 20 plus feet high. But what I knew for certain is that he was in this posture, kind of leaning back and resting. Now, that may not mean much to you if you don't know scripture, but angels aren't sent to the earth to rest. When God gives you experiences, and you may live and die and never have anything like that happen, not necessary. But if he does, it, it will either be for your benefit or the benefit of others. 
And I knew he wasn't talking to me as, you know, just for me. My role in the kingdom is to pastor people. I knew in my heart he was talking to me as a pastor to help prepare me to serve people properly and to do my very best to be an under-shepherd under the great shepherd. And so as I stood over here just praying in the spirit while I'm, I'm just sensing the presence of this being, so I'm saying, oh, Lord, what, what's this mean? Why are you telling me this? And these words began to come up in my heart. So I went over and grabbed my phone. I'm not mic'd. No one knows this is happening. And I just speak into my phone what comes up in my heart. Let me read you what came up in my heart. And this is what I believe the Spirit of God was saying in, in, to me in my inward man. He's speaking to me now as a pastor. That there would be no division among you, meaning the people you serve. That you all must speak the same thing. So when you speak the same thing that I have said, you will agree with heaven and it will release angel armies. Now remember, the angel is in a resting posture. As in the old covenant, God said, my angel will drive out the inhabitant of the land. And it was based on the faith or unbelief of the people, not my will. The angel's hands would either be tied or loosed to do my will based on the faith or unbelief of the people. You must all speak words of life and agree with my words and walk by faith and not by sight. And it will release angelic armies upon your nation. Even now, demonic hosts have raised up their heads to destroy the land. And those under their dominion are speaking the same thing. That's a Bible verse. And they, like the Tower of Babel, now nothing will be withheld from them. But there is a wave of angel armies that will come and minister on the behalf of the heirs of salvation that will walk by faith and not by sight. I had been speaking before this a great deal about the church being in unity and how it's become divided. And what I saw so clearly is that, you see, the, the world without Christ, those under the tyranny of darkness, have become unified, unified similar to the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel was simply an edifice they were building to replace God. And God said, because they have only one language and they speak the same thing and they are totally undivided, nothing now that they thought to do will be withheld from them. So God confounded the languages of men. And then they could no longer cooperate. When you look at what's happening in those under the tyranny of darkness, those under the tyranny of, of, of the God, small g, O-D, of this world, Satan, which the scripture calls him such, they have begun to speak the same thing and have come into agreement on the most unimaginable things and unimaginable behaviors that you would think 20 years ago, no, no one would have, they would have looked at you and said, pray for that person. That person has issues. They certainly need help. You could be compassionate. But nobody would have celebrated that brokenness as normal and also like you're a hero. But they've come into almost perfect unity. Please don't hear me that I'm speaking against anybody. I'm not. Every human being Jesus died for, and they're trapped. But he said, they've come into perfect unity, but my church is divided. I don't have time to go into this in detail. I did it last week. The division among God's people is significant. You see, I'm called a, a faith leader, not an opinion leader. And most Christians have made their opinions, even good issues in their life, real issues, even righteous issues. And they've raised them first above the kingdom of God, and they've divided God's kingdom. Every pastor that I know is hearing 60 voices telling him what he or her, what they must do now to appease this, this strong opinion of a person, whether it be mask or no mask or, or vax, no vax, whatever, fill in the blank. 
And people want you to, to make those the central focus. But that's important. I'm not discussing what is and isn't important in this realm. But can I tell you that angels don't respond to your opinions about vaccines or masks or politics. They respond to your believing God's word. And when I saw the angel like this, and it wasn't just only for this church, is that until my people do what I tell them and come into unity and speak the same thing and make the kingdom first, that angel will be at rest. But if they will trust me and walk by faith and not by sight, we'll release angel armies on the earth. You see, demonic influence influences what the kingdom of darkness does to steal, kill, and destroy. Angel armies will influence people toward life and life abundance. They won't preach the gospel for us, but they'll break down walls where the gospel has never, ever been welcomed. But God wants to do that supernaturally. So the first thing, they're not obvious. Here's the second thing. If we're going to be kingdom first people reaching our world for Christ and having it spill over into our everyday life, we must know this, that God's promises must be mixed with faith. God's promises must be mixed with faith. The doctrine of most Christians is that it's in the Lord's hands. Lord, whatever you do, I'm a, well, if it's good, wonderful, it's bad, wonderful, I guess everything's God's will. Not everything's God's will. And just because God promised something doesn't mean it will happen. It's thoroughly unscriptural to believe such things. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, we are written about that very issue, about the children of Israel, all of whom had received the promise of God to go to the promised land. But the ones to whom it was promised didn't get there, not because it wasn't God's will, but because they didn't walk in faith, they walked in unbelief. Listen to what he says. And these things are written in, in Corinthians, it says, about, the, about those Old Testament uh, saints that came out of Egypt's bondage for our example. Hebrews 4.1 says, Therefore, since a promise remains, say out loud a promise, <clears throat> a promise remains of entering God's rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it, of what's it, the promise. For indeed the gospel or good news was preached to us as well as to them. And in the context, he's talking about the children of Israel who came out of Egyptian bondage while in the desert. But the word which they heard, listen to these words, did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. If you don't mix faith with the promise of God, it doesn't profit you. It won't. Angels are not released by the size of your need. God's power doesn't show up if you have a really big problem. And that's how most people think. Well, if it's a really big thing, God will help. Or if I can get enough people praying and and, and we can just bombard heaven. Finally, God will get tired of hearing us and maybe somehow he'll do something. It's not how this works. None of that is in the Bible, none of it. You see, God gave promise to the children of Israel that they could inhabit a promised land. And that he had them number all of the, the children of Israel. We have it in the Bible, it's called the book of Numbers, literally. And they numbered those 20 years old and upward. And out of the, somewhere around 2 million people that were 20 and older, that God made a promise to have the promise landed and inhabit it. Only two families made it. Only two. Now today, that, that, that lack of receiving the promise, if you will, uh, the rarity of receiving what God promised, people would blame on the sovereignty of God. Well, God's sovereign. I mean, there's no way that the promise was for everybody. Only two out of 2 million got in. I mean, God couldn't have willed that every. But he, got in, but he did. 
And what I want to help you to see today is that the promise of God has to be mixed with faith. You see, it was the unbelief of the ten spies and then the people believing what they saw with their eyes was greater than what God said. It was their unbelief, not God's will, that caused an angel that God promised that would go literally drive out the inhabitants of the promised land to do this for 40 years. And they died, every one of them, but these two families. For 40 years, they watched 2 million people die. And God didn't do a thing about it. God doesn't move beyond my will. God doesn't move beyond my trusting him. The faith of Joshua and Caleb when they acted upon it 40 years later, that angel was released and they inhabited the land supernaturally. So many times we are trapped to what we can only see with our own eyes and our own hands. I want to help you to see that God is asking of his people. In fact, we're commanded in scripture to know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because in order to trust God and be governed by what he says, rather than what you feel, which is what the spies were were governed by, you have to believe that he loves you. And it pleases God because you have to have an intimate relationship with God, not a religion, but a real life intimate relationship where you're so convinced of his love that you trust him in the absence of believing the love of God you'll never be able to walk by faith faith works by love and that's why it pleases God because you have to know him to trust him the third thing I want you to understand about releasing angelic hosts and angel armies into our world to open doors that no man can close Because I don't believe what people are saying, Christians are saying about our our world. It's over now. It's too late. Everything's gone. We're just waiting to go. No, we're not. I'm not waiting to go anywhere until you put me in a box. Jesus said, occupy till I come. He didn't say hide in the cave. You are called to be an overcomer. And you're actually called to live in a realm that you can't see with your eyes. And this is the greatest privilege of my life and your life. The third thing is this, that we, not God, we, not God, we, not God, empower or restrict angels in the earth. Even though God would give them assignments, it is we, in our, whether trusting God or not, that will either tie their hands or release them. No, I just believe everything that happens. No, no, God's all powerful. Everything that happens is the will of God. So if I come down from here and punch you right in the mouth, it was the will of God. Well, if it happened, it must be, really. Really. It's not even intellectually honest. The will of God. Do you understand? He put his, he made you in his likeness and image and you get to choose and he respects human will. And what I do with that choice to walk by faith or to walk by sight isn't up to God. It's up to me. Remember, we not God empower or restrict angels. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14 tells us what angels actually do in the earth. Are angels not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those? Everyone say for those. For those who will inherit salvation. Angels are sent to minister for you. That means right now, because every, Jesus said everybody born is given an angel. And the, the angel doesn't go away when you hit, hit 18. Do you realize the angel that God has assigned to your life 
is either doing this or he's active. Do you know in the book of Revelation, every church says there's an angel over it. Why? Because they've been given an assignment. And if you read the book of Revelation, you'll find out that assignment wasn't always carried out because of the way the people chose. Verse 1 of chapter 2 tells us something about angels. Since they are ministering spirits for those who will inherit salvation, he said, that is why we must hold on all the more firmly to the truths we have heard, lest any, any way we drift past them and we let them slip. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast or trustworthy, and every transgression or disobedience of their words would receive a just reward. What's, what's he saying? Angels do not speak for themselves. He said when, when God speaks, and even through angels, when people would obey those words and trust the words of God no matter what it looked like, then they would receive the just reward one way or the other. Children of Israel, Joshua and Caleb, they received the just reward of angels literally fighting on their behalf. Two million adults died because God honored what they chose. There are two people around the birth of Jesus that I think would help you to see this. Zechariah and Mary. Zechariah is John the Baptist's father. His wife is Elizabeth. And they were very old at this point, and they had never been able to have children. Zechariah is a priest. He's actually in the temple ministering at what's called the altar of incense. And an angel appears to him. And he starts by saying this, Zechariah, your prayers have been heard because they wanted a child. And he tells him about John and what you should name him and what he would do in his life, John the Baptist. And I want you to see Zechariah's response to the word of an angel. In Luke chapter 1, verse 18, and Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered and said, I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God. And I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day it happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the proper time. Here's a man of God in the temple who's been praying. And an angel comes and said, your prayers have been heard. He said, it's not possible. And he told him about his circumstances. And I'm going to ask you a question. If your wife is, is, is past the childbearing age, and it's very likely that his body was past the age when it could function that way. <laughs> Do the math. Medications didn't exist then. And he looked at the angel and he said, Dude, it's too late. How can this happen? And the angel said, you didn't believe what I said. You believe what you felt. I think if you're going to feel something, a wife that's never been able to have children that is no longer in childbearing years and a man that is likely impotent is probably a good thing to consider. But, but he had to make a choice. And he chose to believe what he felt and what he experienced instead of what God said. And the angel shut his mouth for nine months. Why? Because if you read the Old Testament, it's out of their mouth. That they, that they spoke against the promise of God. And the angel shut his mouth for nine months so he would not undo the promise of God. Most Christians speak against in everyday life what God has said about them. Thinking that in some prayer line that they're going to make up for it. We are called to walk and live by faith in everyday life. Not just when we're in trouble. 
In other words, what God says about me, I must let govern what I believe and how I think and what I say and how I act in everyday life. And then there was a young woman named Mary who, of course, we know was just a teenager. And the angel comes to her and says, you're going to have a baby. And she doesn't, she's not married. In Luke 1, 24, Mary asks and answers this way. How would this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. That's John the Baptist. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Listen to me. Listen, these words are true then and they're true now. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing, no thing is impossible with God. So here's what I have to discern in my everyday life. Do the words that I speak, the belief of my heart, the actions I take agree with that or what I feel? Well, how easy is it to walk by sight, huh? Saying and believing what God says about you in everyday life. If God says this is how a marriage should be, mine will be that way. Yeah, but it feels bad. Yeah, it, it does. I don't love her anymore. I don't love him anymore. I don't mean abusive situations. I've lost the love and feeling. I, I need me a new one. I still got you, but I'll find me a new one. Or I'll get rid of you and find me a new one. But the problem is everywhere you go, there you are. Feelings are strong. They're not to be denied. Faith doesn't deny reality. It denies making reality the Lord and Savior of your life. Let God be true and every man a liar. So, so very important. Verse 38, and Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me according to your word. And the angel left her. Mary said, I know this is impossible. I'm about to have a baby without a man. But if you said it, I believe it. And of course, you know the story. Fourthly, we must see the unseen. Say it out loud, we must see the unseen. Hebrews 11:1 1 tells us this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the very evidence of what? things not seen for by faith the elders referring to Joshua and Caleb obtained a good testimony what does that mean they were saying what God said instead of what they saw faith takes you into the unseen realm if you are going to walk in the presence and power and the resources of heaven you're going to have to be governed by another realm most Christians live and die and they never live beyond their senses and the resources of their own senses and capacities or incapacities but we're called to live in a realm where the unlimited God who made the world said I, I literally want to move through you and in you remember this about faith it is the currency of the unseen faith is the currency of the unseen it is the ability to walk with God in such a way as to take the very substance of an unseen God and bring it from an unseen world into a tangible way into this world that's what you do when you walk by faith. And if you have never lived that way and never tasted that, you haven't lived yet. I don't care how much money you have, how much success you have, what you think will make your life. Until you have tasted the unseen power of God in your everyday life, you haven't lived yet. And I long for every person, not just for my benefit, but because the world is desperate for Christ. Just simply remember this. Unbelief is when you are dominated by how you feel. And that governs what you think, believe, act, and choose. And if you're like me, that's pretty easy to have happen, isn't it? But the life of faith is when you're dominated by the unseen 
faithfulness of God. Unbelief projects God's absence in your present and tomorrow. Faith projects his, his resources and his faithfulness today and in your tomorrow. So you walk by faith and not by sight. And then lastly this. If you're going to walk in this unseen realm, releasing angel armies into our world and into your life, you have to know this, that there are more with us than there are against us. There are more with us than be with them. You see, armies in the Old Testament came and they overcame and destroyed enemy nations. This is an army of rescue. Angels that are called to go rescue people trapped in darkness. The very darkness that I was rescued out of. The, the prophet Elisha had a servant named Gehazi. And the king of Syria had made war against Israel. And Elisha would go to the king of Israel and he would tell him all of them prophetically. God would show him all the plans of the king of Syria. The king of Syria got so ticked off, he got his advisors together and he said, Okay, who's the spy? Everything we do, they know about. Somebody's a spy. One of his men said, No, no, no. There's a prophet in Israel, this guy named Elisha. King, he tells the king of Israel everything you plan. He tells him the words you talk about in your bedroom. You think about that. And he's like, go get him. And he's going to go send an army to get one man. And my hope is that when you see this, that you see that there is a realm in which there are more for you than against you. That everything you feel and see and armies that may surround you are, are nothing to be compared to the unseen realm of a God who loved you so desperately that he died for you. And angel armies that want to unfurl their arms and go to work and do what God wants done in the earth. Not in spite of you, but through you. And for you. In 2 Kings 6.13, the king of Syria said, Now you go find out where this Elisha is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. And the report came back and said, He's in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night, they surrounded the whole city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the morning, an army of horses and chariots had surrounded the whole city. Now he went back inside. This is a bad morning if you work for Elisha. He said, oh my Lord, what shall we do? Is that a fair question? An entire army has come to, to take you. And I want you to notice what, what Elisha did. And he said, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Now listen, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Gehazi can't see that. He's probably thinking, this guy's out of his mind. Can he not see what I see? So Elisha prayed. Oh Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire that came around Elisha. Gehazi could only see the armies of this life. The difficulties in, in everyday life. The, the actual physical armies. And as believers, we can look at what's happening in this world and think it's over. And, and begin to worship and magnify and bow down before what we see, the armies that are, are seeking to destroy. But a prophet prayed for a seeing man to see. And he said, Lord, open this man's eyes so he can see that there is a realm where there are more for us than there are against us. And this man who could physically see was now able to see into another realm. And now he sees not horses and chariots of the Syrian army, but he sees horses and chariots literally with angel, angelic beings and fire on them. And then they come and surround Elisha. And I guarantee you, Gehazi went like this. Yes! Come on, baby! And the entire army was captured by one man. 
don't have time to go into it angels did that one man was trapped to what he could see another was trapped to what was actually real just because you see it doesn't mean it's real it's real as far as you can see but you're called to live in a realm of, an, of a God who literally makes promises in the face of impossibility and when you walk by faith and not by sight in every realm of your life and when you live a kingdom first life the angel of God over your life over a church over a nation he unfurls his arms and he begins to act and his demonic influence to, seeks to steal kill and destroy the armies of God the angels of God will bring life and abundance because I believe God wants to rescue our world he hasn't given up don't you I said he hasn't given up don't you greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world you are the hope of the world and this world will have a great awakening and tens of millions will come to Christ he said oh you I don't know what you're drinking I'll tell you what I'm drinking the new wine and it tastes better live in a realm that you can't see and my longing for every person under the sound of my voice here at Cranberry Newcastle Meadville wherever you're watching is that you learn to live in a world that you can't see by faith and it, once you get there I promise you you may fall back here and there but you'll never want to stay back because it is the most incredible way to live and it is God's longing for each of us to live in that realm I want to pray over you and then in the moment we're going to all stand and we're going to worship now listen we have set our services in order and such as so we don't get in a hurry we're going to worship God now in a few moments and get in his presence and let the Holy Spirit speak to our heart and we're going to enlarge God in our hearts and let God's presence fill this place and fill your life as you worship him as you magnify him magnify means you make him larger than anything around you and that you recognize that whatever is not a faith is sin whatever it doesn't doesn't agree with what you said Lord I repent of and I will say what heaven says about me in every realm of life I want to pray over you and then we're going to stand together and worship at all of our campuses Father open our eyes that we might see help us to see into a realm that we're trapped with this natural body that we can't that we mix faith with you we refuse to restrict angels we agree and obey our, the word of God and we are seeing by faith into an unseen realm where there are more for us than be against us not to conquer people but to deliver people thank you Father God for that now we worship you because you alone are worthy of our praise let's stand together at all of our campuses and let's worship him come on worship him with everything in you. thank you for listening to this podcast from victory family church if you enjoyed listening please take a moment to rate review and share for more resources including locations and service times please visit lifeatvictory.com.